Well, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> Isn't it good to come to church? I'll tell you why. Because in the hustle and bustle of life and the own busyness of looking in the mirror as well as what have you got to do this day and the next day and the next day and the next day, even though we're only 28 days into January, <clears throat> you come along to church. Are you going to switch that for me? You come along to church and you find out that other people are experiencing God in a totally different way. And when they get up here and celebrate, what they're really saying is that humbly God has been working in my life and I've seen it, whether it's 20 years of marriage or whether it's giving me the strength to do a shot put or whether it's or, or everything that's been shared this morning. And that's what I potentially... Sorry, we, how come we're going backwards? There we go, we'll go right back to, to one... Can you get a slide one for me? <laughs> and maybe I'm just... Or slide two. Yeah, that'll do fine. <laughs> because when you come to church, this is what happens. Even though there's singing and there's activity and there's a preacher and there's, there's things to do for youth, you, you come along to church and you just go... <sighs> because you're sitting and you're absorbing other people who have in their own little way experienced God during the week. And they're not here to boast about it. They're just wanting to simply share with you that for some reason God did something little and small in my life this day. And I tell you, what, we sit here going, thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. I would never have known that about them. I would never have guessed that as they just sit here. But as we sit here, whether uh, you've been a, a frantic, busy week because you know school's approaching and school uniforms and all the school gear, or whether you're back at work and suddenly, you know, now that you've got everything lined up for the next month, it's just all go. And the quiet holiday period seems to have gone, and now it's ballistic. The phone's going. Things need to be done. Your to-do list is growing. It's just getting urgent and, and stuff. And you come to church. So I thank you for coming this morning. I hope that in our stillness and as we explore a small piece of scripture, you feel the presence of God in your own heart. I'm going to ask my wife to come and read. Now, am I doing something wrong? I seem to be jumping two slides at a time. I'm just sort of saying. Can, slide three, this slide four. If, yeah, Wanda, could you read that with us, please? It's from Psalm 107, verses 24 to 30. They saw the works of the Lord, his wonderful deeds in the deep, for he spoke and stirred up a tempest that lifted high the waves. They mounted up to the heavens and went down to the depths. In their peril, their courage melted away. They reeled and staggered like drunkards. They were at their wits' end. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brought them out of their distress. He stilled the storm to a whisper. The waves of the sea were hushed. They were glad when it grew calm, and he guided them to their desired haven. Thank you, dear. So you dearly think, for those of you that have read stories in the New Testament, that that's haven't you read that story in the New Testament? And isn't it interesting, well, over a thousand years before Jesus calmed the storm, 
these words were penned by a psalmist. Somebody that wanted to partly write a song or a poem about his experience in it. And you can get the feeling that as you just simply read that, that it wasn't just a little shower came across that person and they got a little bit damp. You sense that it was not only a real storm, but the writer feared for their life. And then something rather dramatic happened as they cried out, these people. The storm was stilled to a whisper and the waves of the sea were hushed. And no wonder I think he wanted to write about that because that normally doesn't happen when you're in the middle of a storm. So here we are a thousand years earlier, something similar happened to what would happen over a thousand years later and we'd get it recorded in Mark chapter 4. It fascinates me because I know that to go through a bar mitzvah, a Jewish boy and Jewish girls have to experience uh, memorizing scripture after scripture after scripture. In fact, most of the scriptures of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, let alone whole portions of scripture through the Psalms and Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And they have to stand in front of their congregation, their synagogue, and they have to quote these incredible lengths of scripture that they remembered. And I wondered whether how many boys, when they went through their bar mitzvah in Jesus' time, would have had Psalm 107 as part of their memorization, telling about the storm of the past ancestors and generations of, but the sea was calm and it went down to a whisper. So when we read... Mark chapter 4, verse 5, it's rather remarkable that partly we're rereading Psalm 107. So I'm, like, I'm going to read this because you, you already know the story of Jesus calming the storm. And I wanted to put that picture on the screen because something was about to happen. And if you were in that boat, you would be either praying furiously or rowing furiously. When you can see a storm coming, and you know it's about to hit you. Your heart's going to go up. You're reaching for the life jackets. You know that you are in a perilous position. And potentially, maybe you could die, especially if you were swamped. So I'm going to read the story, and it's on the screen. But I want you to join in with the words that are underlined when I get to it. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took the boat, took him along just as he was in the boat. There were other boats with him, a furious squall. Okay, let me repeat. I want you all <laughs> to read the words that are underlined when I get to them. There were also other boats with him, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care that we drown? Okay, so clearly you're now sitting in a comfortable position. There is no storm. Teacher, don't you care that we drown? How do you think they said that? <laughs> the disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. 
He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified. And they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. It's a dramatic story. And I don't think we can ever describe physically, even sitting in a nice, warm, comfortable day, the power, the drama, the fear that life could potentially be lost. Now, an artist has tried to paint it there. And I I like it because you can see the boat is being swamped. And you can see the potentially that they feared for their lives because I remind you, these were experienced fishermen, disciples, called from their fishers of fishers to become fishers of men. And if an experienced sailor on your boat thinks they're about to drown, it's probably time for you to panic. <laughs> I love the picture because when they st- stared at Jesus and woke him from his sleep, I can imagine him waking up and seeing 24 eyeballs, do the sums, 12 disciples, staring at him. Teacher, don't you care that we're about to drown? He'd been asleep. You were woken at 4 a.m. by a phone call. Imagine 24 eyeballs staring at you. Phil, don't you care about the frost? 24 eyeballs staring at him. He stands up and he says, quiet, be still. And then in that moment, the wind died down and it was completely calm. I reckon that's about the time you should take their heartbeat. Their heart's thumping because they're saturated, they're wet, the storm. And Jesus speaks three words and then suddenly, there is no storm, there is no wind, there is no waves. And it's completely calm. I think my heart would be just out of my chest. How did that happen? Whoa! Incredible story. And they were terrified. And they asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obeyed him. Now when I read it, read the story, and you saw it on the screen, did you pick two small details? It said Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. Okay, kids, what part of the boat is the stern? If you would like a crunchy with extra chocolate from Cadbury's, what part of a boat is the stern? Yes, checking with your sister, good idea. Pardon me? It's the front. No. (laughs) It's not the front. Yes, Is it the back? Yes, it is. Now, it's a small detail, and it says that Jesus was sleeping on a cushion. So, here we go. The front of the boat is the bow. The right-hand side is starboard. The left-hand side is port. The back of the boat is called the stern. So now we know, after that little lesson, Jesus was in the back of the boat. And he was sleeping. Now, you see, this is a story that if I heard that somebody was sleeping in the stern of that boat, I can imagine that. After having been to the buffet, (laughs) you could go to the back of the boat and uh, just relax and fall asleep. But if you're in a little boat like this, I wonder how you could sleep. So now I need four volunteers. 
four. Come on up to sit on the front seat. I've got one. I just need... I just need three others to really help me out here. We have a boat. We have a boat. Just three others. Do I have to nominate people? I'll tell you what, both of you come up. Sing, yep, come on. What happened to Scott? Can we sit, sit, just sit on the front for just a second. Where, what happened to Scott? Did he disappear? Where? Oh, yes, Scott, come on, yeah, yeah. Thanks for volunteering. Okay, I'm going to give you a crunchy first, but put it in your pocket because you, you need to sort of just look after it. Okay. So here's the thing. We're going to sort of reenact this storm. So the first thing we needed to have was a cushion, travel cushion, because they were travelling in a boat. We're just going to put that in the back of the boat. And we want somebody to be Jesus, Scott, <laughs> who is sleeping in the boat. Yeah, just, just sleeping. Remember, you've got to make room for 12 others. Yeah, sleeping on that cushion. Okay, that's good. Okay, now... Because it's a storm, we're going to need lightning. Okay, so would you like to be the lightning? Okay, that's good. And because they were on water, now I'm going to give you that choice there, or this choice here. There's no water in it. The sinners that we work with. And, and so you've got the water, and you are going to be the wind. We have a wind machine here. Okay, all you have to do is blow on Jesus when we. So you come on up here. You go on that side because you're the storm. And you go on that side, because, or just there, because you're going to be waving that light all over because lightning. And because Jesus is sleeping, I'm sure that the disciples had a nice Jewish blanket. Is that how you sleep, Jesus? Yeah, you know, you know, we can put the pillar back there. Just make yourself at home. Okay, now Jesus, you'll know the exact words to say when, when we say it. Okay, there we go. All right, well now, now that we're in position, let's... Uh, Read this story again. One day, the, when evening came, he said to the disciples, let's go to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There was also other boats with him. A furious squall, which means water, came upon them. So start, start spraying Jesus. <laughs> and waves broke over the boat, and the wind grew very, very strong. Yeah, and lightning. Jesus was sleeping in the boat, and the disciples said, Teacher, they said, Teacher, don't you care? I saw it because when you look at most of the artwork on the internet on Google, most, most of the pictures have Jesus at the bow. 
Now, I'm just saying, I'm not trying to pick on their theology. When you want to paint and you're a good painter, paint the picture. And it's a little detail that Jesus was sleeping, but he was in the stern when he stood. But here's a really, really big detail that's missing from the entire story. Here it is. God was in the boat. I have this feeling that if the disciples knew that, there would have actually been no fear because God was in control. What they were stunned at was Jesus standing up. If you're ever in a storm on a boat, don't stand up. But Jesus stood up and said, quiet. And I'd love the audio. Did he yell it? Did he speak it? Did he whisper it? I'll have to wait till I get to heaven to get the recording. But how did Jesus say, quiet, be still? And then suddenly, whoosh, suddenly from waves rocking a boat, swamping it, they're sitting calmly as if it's the best fishing trip ever. They didn't click. Even if they knew Psalm 107, they never clicked. Only God could do what this man has done. They missed it. They were still, but they didn't recognize God. It's remarkable. You see, if you read the first verse of Mark's gospel, why was Mark written? It explains it. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. All of Mark, every miracle, every teaching, everything that happens in that is to prove that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Not just a great teacher, not just a miracle worker. By the time you get to chapter 4, he's already done three miracles. He's healed a few people. He's healed a leper. He's healed a paralytic. But primarily, he'd been a teacher up to that point of time. And he was teaching on the side of the shore. And at the end of the day, leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was. How was he? I love this little verse, just as he was. How was he? He was tired. I'm going to do a 20, 25-minute message. Jesus had spoken all day, teaching the crowds that just kept coming and coming and coming. He spoke without a microphone. He's on the edge of a shore. And at the end of the day... Jesus is extremely physically tired, mentally tired, maybe even emotionally tired, thinking, when are these thick people going to click? I'm God. And so tired, just as he was, they took him along. Now, you and I know, because we have seen the life of Jesus and we've read the New Testament, they're in a manger, just as he was. They're in the temptation, just as he was. Trial before Pilate, he stood there just as he was, hanging on the cross just as he was. He did all those as a human, but he was still God's son. In a manger, they came to worship him because this was God's son, not just a baby in a manger. Jesus was being tempted in the desert because he was God's son by the devil. But he handled it just as he was in all the humanity. He could have thrown the towel in knowing what was before him. The trial before Pilate. He could have called the thousands of angels to come to the defense of the Prince of Heaven. But he was just as he was. And on the cross, 
So much could have happened, but he stayed there just as he was. We know why, because Mark 10, 45, the key verse explains it. Even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but the servant to give his life as a ransom for many. That's why the Son of God had come. It's remarkable. That's why I love when I see pictures like this. An artist has drawn and illustrated, there is Jesus, just as he was, just as he is, embracing the entire world, uh, not just children, but adults as well. And it just speaks so much to me. It tells me that John 3.16 is true. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. This, just as he was, fascinates me because as you read through the New Testament, you'll read all about the humanity of Jesus. He was tired. He wept. He laughed. He walked. He was so physically human. He'd come to be us, but he'd come for us. He'd come to us, but his love and the reason that he came was all because about us. So just as Jesus was right through the New Testament, he says to every human being then and today, come to me just as you are. I love this. It's amazing. Can you go back to three that I've missed I don't know why it went. Oh, now I know. It's that button there. (laughs) Just as it was. With Jesus just as he was, I want to explain something that maybe you've never figured out. I want to explain to you the difference between Christianity and every other religion in the world. Every other religion in the world, their God or their gods say, Come. Just as you are, but you are required to do, or to believe, or to behave, or to give, or to do something to earn, so that at the end of your relationship and belief in that God, so at the end of that God who you've been worshipping, you hope to be accepted. Christianity is so different. Jesus says, come as you are, just as you are. Believe and trust. And the moment you do that, at the beginning of your faith journey, you are guaranteed hope. You do not have to wait an entire lifetime hoping how it will end because of what you've done or because of what you've given. That's a religion. Believing and trusting Jesus Christ, that's a relationship. And by the way, Jesus came to do the doing, to be the being, to show you what to believe, to teach you to trust. He gave, he earned, he died, he did so that you and I could be accepted. That's why we need to have a relationship with him. But here's the thing. Don't come just as you are every time. That's the first time you come to Christ and you say, I believe, I recognize you are the Son of God. I trust you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. I ask that you forgive all my sins. I believe you and I will trust you. That's the beginning of your acceptance in your relationship to Jesus Christ. But don't keep coming just as you are because you've been changed. 
You've been born again. You're a whole new creation. So every time you come, now you bring your worship, you bring your adoration, you bring your gifts, you bring your love, you bring your hope. Because you've got that at the beginning, you know what's going to be like at the end. So what's your storm today? We're only 28 days into January and it may not be seen much, but are you tired already? Maybe just the physical things of living, the health, it's hard, it's painful, it's slow. People don't treat you the same. You're tired. My advice is be still in that storm and wait for God to arrive. Is it fearful? Do you live thinking you're going to be exposed? Do you think somebody's going to find out your deepest secret? Are you fearful of hypocrisy? Do you live a lie, a cheat? You look in the mirror and you know you're a fake? You need to take those fears and to become the person God created you to be. You need to come to him as you are. He will accept you. And that will be your beginning. And be still and know that he is God. Is it financial? Have you spent too much at Christmas? Are you in a little bit of debt? You're not quite sure how you're going to pay that off? Here's my advice. Be still. Sit down. Be quiet. Write out your debts. Work out a plan. Get advice. Ask somebody to help. Don't let the drama and the trauma of financial burdens slow you down. There are people there to help you. Be still. God can send the right people to give you peace. Or is it emotional? You're sort of up and down. You're not quite sure what you're going to be today or tomorrow. You react. You're responsive. You worry too much. Be still. You're doing a lot of praying. Start doing a lot of listening. My grandson, four years old, he asked his mummy this week, Mummy, does God sing? I haven't heard him. <laughs> so my grandson's grandmother gets this urgent message, Nana, does God sing? Her reply was, of course God sings. Go out and listen to the birds. Go out and listen to the wind rustling the leaves. Go out and listen. You'll hear God if you're truly wanting to listen. Go and find him. All creation will speak. The mountains will sing. The rivers will clap their hands if you're listening. Is your storm spiritual? Have you been trying to earn your way into the kingdom of heaven? You think you know the Son of God, but you're not sure. You're not convinced. You don't have assurance. You're hoping, but you're not quite sure. It's still a guess. I can guarantee you eternal life because the Bible tells me he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. If God so loved the world and he gave his one and only Son, whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. You can have peace if you'll be still and come just as you are. I love it. But here's the thing. You will never recognize God in the storms if you haven't known him in the stillness. Man, life is busy, life is loud, life can be obnoxious, things can be tough. We're living with humans, they're terrible <laughs> because they leave lights on and torches. <laughs> Be 
be still. Find a place with an open Bible. Don't talk. Let God speak through his word. These things have been written so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and by believing you would have life in his name. You'll find God every day if you find the moments to be still and hear his voice speaking to you. Oh, storms are great. By the way, the best sailors have sailed a few storms. You've never been through a storm? Well, you're probably not going to be the best sailor until you've been through a storm. God knows what storms you can handle. He'll never give you more than what you can bear. But he wants you to learn through those storms. Be still and know that I am God. When you understand that, you are accepted. And you are his child. And he will carry you all the way home. Father, I thank you for the people this day. I thank you for their goodness, their kindness and listening. I'm so amazed and thrilled that they've come to church this morning. It is my prayer that they have heard you speak, not me, not the singers, not the musicians. It is my prayer that they will come this week just as they are. They'll come humbly, weak, sinful, tired, weary, financially stressed, emotionally, spiritually, but they will come to their creator and they will hear his whisper, quiet, be still, and may they experience you this week, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Craig.